0: For reasons that will become apparent for Adventure Zone listeners in the future, I've, I have been listening to um, MIDI versions of songs from the Cats musical
1: Um, this morning. I love midis, man. And they keep Does it randomly... capture the majesty yeah. of the Winter Garden Theater when you're listening to it?
0: Um, I didn't see Cats, period. I saw the movie <laughs> and it was yeah, so sure. fucking funny and sexy and um, that was a surprise but I keep getting just uh, jump scared by <laughs> fucking mini-, mini renditions of the Jellicle Ball uh, this <laughs> morning it's really put me on, on edge.
2: Kids minis are what we used to have to deal with before there were mp3 files it was like imagine if uh, you had a friend who kind of knew how to play piano and you'd
1: invite him over with a synthesizer and tell him your favorite song and he would yeah. give you a rendition of it like a, like a player piano <laughs> I yeah. mean like, the kids know because they made their theme songs in Animal Crossing. They're like village t- tunes or basically MIDI.
0: Okay,
2: yeah. N- but we used to
0: only never. have that. Do you understand? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you would load up somebody's personal web page, and they would be like, "Do you want to hire me as your wedding photographer in the 1990s?" And then it, it would start playing a, a MIDI version of "A Simple Plan," um, and it was and, and we played on a it. recorder. It's, it, it was a recorder version of Sum 41, and we loved it. <laughs> we didn't know any better. That was all we had, and we liked it. We were happy that, that way. You can drag and drop that shit into GarageBand and then change it so that the music is, you know, samples of your favorite South Park quotes or whatever. You have infinite power at your disposal in 2024. ¶¶
3: My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy. I know the best game of the week, y'all. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant and I know the best Metroidvania of the week.
1: My name is Ross and I know the best game of the week. Welcome
2: to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It is a video game club, and just by listening, you, my friend, are now a member of our illustrious ranks. Today, we are talking about Prince of Persia. The Lost Crown.
3: Uh, Chris Plant, what is that? Prince of Persia is back after a long, long time away from the world. Maybe you were were a fan at the beginning when Jordan Mechner was taking photos of his brother and painting over him and throwing him inside of a computer. Uh, Or maybe you you joined later on uh, because you loved Jake Gyllenhaal in that film. Either way, what you're going to play this time is brand new. We're talking about a... 2d metroidvania riff on the prince of persia series and let me tell you it's something special
2: and we're going to talk about that
1: and so much more right after this this episode of the best these is sponsored by aura frames all right so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy i'm sure immediately names jump to your mind those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. This game slaps ass. Kudos to Ubisoft <laughs> for making me care about Prince of Persia again. Y'all, y'all, y'all have outdone yourselves this time. It is like kind I mean, kind of out of nowhere. It's like, fucking phenomenal. I didn't have and I did high not super it.
2: duper high hopes. I thought maybe it's like a novelty, you know what I mean? Like I see what y'all are doing here and then move on with my life. But uh yeah, Prince of Persia kind of came out of absolutely nowhere
0: from downtown. It it is if it, it is really very metroidvania-y e. I was not i was expecting a more sort of traditional 2d sort of prince of persia inspired by the classics which i was not looking forward to because i do not enjoy those games at all uh instead it is a f- fast and fluid and just really fun game to play and explore and uh, i'm excited to talk about yeah,
1: it yeah i was thinking about it like there are so few triple a 2D metroidvanias it's like would you, like guy, would you guys be open
2: to a pitch on search action would you be open to hearing me in our friends in japan in the land of the rising sun they they call it search action games what do you all think about that Maybe what the fuck you, wait wait what yes like so that's metroidvanias what they call are called search action games? search action oh because I mean, it's, it's
0: like an action game but you're searching for stuff yes. i like that it's a search action game I like that. I, I kind of do like that. I just, I think metrovania is like very kind of
2: kind of outdated and clumsy and, and it's not the most, uh, I feel like it's not the most accessible term, you know what sure. I mean? And like search action is like an action game where you're searching for shit. Okay. It kind of sounds like
1: you're describing guess who though.
2: Yeah. But metrovania sounds like you're describing a self insert, Uh, uh, fan fiction. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) That's true. What if Simon Belmont and... It only doesn't sound terrible because you've said it so many times. And that hasn't fixed Mario, you
1: know? And I don't know why (laughs) Metroidvania would be any different. (laughs) Um, I like search action. We'll go with it.
0: it, So uh, it does, I think, some really clever stuff to set itself apart. First, there's a ton of shit to find. Uh, I thought it was going to do the classic, uh, you know, Metroid thing of you start off as... Uh, Sargon who is not the prince of persia confusingly uh and But he, he knows is, the prince of persia he which knows is he's, ain't bad. <laughs> he's close buddies with him, but he is your your character and he uh he he's got two swords and that's very exciting. Uh, he's super... There's so much shit you can do at the beginning of the game. Like, you know, you can wall jump and combo attack and you have this, like, special finisher. And I was like, wow, I feel pretty strong. They're probably... A big man is probably going to kick me in a hole and make all my power-ups go away. And it doesn't do that. That's mm. right. So that's the first thing I like about this game is you start off and it's You do already, get kicked in a hole. Okay, you do get kicked in a hole, but mm. you don't lose your power-ups. Right. And that is great because uh the game starts off already pretty pretty fun to play um but the amount of stuff there is to uh find and new abilities that there are to unlock is uh it really has kept me coming back coming can, back for more
2: can i blow through the history real quick just to catch people up to yes, where sure. we're at if, yeah. if you didn't live through all this so uh i i think of it in terms of like in kind of like three different Movements, I guess you'd say the first sort of like iteration. I would say of Prince of Persia was the original. Jordan Mechner, uh, pra- it was a more straightforward like two D action adventure game. Uh, perhaps most notable for the fact that the animations were all rotoscoped. So he, Jordan Mechner, videoed his his brother and other people doing the actions, and then he animated over it. Um, and there were. It three should of, also
1: be noted that the original Prince of Persia was like a blonde guy in like a white romper.
0: Yes. yes, interesting choice. <laughs> sure. Yes, kind of <laughs> a, yeah,
1: <laughs>
2: interesting. Uh, and then there was like three of those, Prince of Persia 1, 2, and 3D. And then in... Saints Na- of Time. Sands of Time is 2003.
0: That's like four, yeah, Kings, Twin... I'm not going to remember the other names of the games. Anyway, that's...
2: that's it's the, in the,
1: I, I actually added them to the rundown so we could actually oh, scroll down, but it was... Let's see. We had the original <laughs> Prince of Persia. Warrior, I'm, had, I'm
2: doing that. Why is everyone doing Warrior Within and Two Stop. Thrones cuz uh, we wanted to say the names of the We're kids. not They're there friends. yet though. Oh, sorry. Prince of Persia stands <laughs> of Time, you have to establish that that's sort of the second iteration of the franchise. Oh, I see. I
0: got I got confused.
2: And that is the one that introduces like time mechanics. The big hook with that one was you could play and then just like on the fly rewind time through the things you've done. And try it again. Use that in puzzles. That was like super revolutionary at the time. It was like massive. And there was a few of those: Sands of Time, uh, Warrior Within, Two Thrones, Just Prince of Persia, which is pretty different. It's a different reboot. <laughs> That's another reboot in 2008. Oh, that
1: was like the Quick Time Action one. Was a lot
2: yes, of, like, it was kind of open
0: worldy, yeah. sort of.
2: That was yeah. That was a So that was in two thousand and eight. And then there is. Yeah, uh, there was
0: Forgotten Sands in 2010. Great title because I don't fucking remember that game at all. I don't remember it as existing. As we also have the film in 2010
2: starring my favorite Persian, Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, uh, my favorite Persian. Did you guys ever see that? Oh, yeah, love sure. that sitcom. Uh, and that was sort of the last big thing from from Prince of Persia, like 2010, right? I mean, there's been some mobile stuff, but this is like a big new reintroduction of the franchise here in 2024, some 14 odd years later.
1: Yeah, um, it's it's been a bit of a quiet period. And I don't know, man, if this becomes Prince of Persia moving forward, like maybe they realized, hey, we could make a relatively budget game, like insofar as like this didn't cost as much as like a fully 3D Experience like maybe this is the solve for Ubisoft in this franchise moving forward, and I'd be <laughs> <Maybe>. thrilled. <laughs> yeah. I...
3: in what world is Ubisoft gonna say? You know what? This is enough. No, yeah, this is classic. Well, that's, that's they're known for this. their restraint. Uh, yeah, you, you you get people re re energized for the series, and then they have they they're still trying to do the remake of Sands of Time, and they moved out to the Ubisoft Montreal offices, which I would imagine means it's going to be a much fancier remake and then you you go big i i mean i would i would love if you were right i would not say um there's any reason to believe that 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 this particular publisher would take that path yeah. but I'm, I'm glad we got this in the meantime
2: stuff that i thought was really cool about uh the lost crown that i that i really dug i uh, that goes beyond other metroidvania games this series i believe never you been search been... action
0: games Jeff. thank you yep.
2: thank you so much that was a trick and you fell right into it or i, okay. I did uh, the thing that I think kind of separates this from other search action games is the, the, the difficulty, like the actual like action part of the search action is like a lot more skill based, I think, than you see in a lot of these. A lot of these search action games, it's like if you get the right weapon, then the battle that you're supposed to win with it is sort of trivialized. Um, and this is like surprisingly re- – there's a lot of parts that are like surprisingly challenging. Like they want you to run them a lot, like tricky platforming some tricky action stuff and it and it uh stretches out the checkpoints and saves in such a way that exploring sometimes I felt closer to a dark souls game yeah than I have from a lot of games that are modeled on dark souls right that sense mm. and I don't really get these so much with like the the souls type games where it's like I am way out of my depth I shouldn't be here but I don't have any other options and Prince of Persia Lost Ground does that really, really well, where you'll be way out in some place you've never explored before and you haven't found the little trees that serve as checkpoints, and you know what a pain it would be to get back here. So it's just like, how long can I stay alive and should I keep pushing forward or should I backtrack? Um, and that's something I don't I'm not used to getting from these sorts of games. Uh and and I think really uh made a lot of the like search parts of it and the navigation a lot more fun because of the 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 challenge and the danger. I wanted to, to talk about exploring.
1: two specific features that were introduced in this game that I have not seen in any other search action game before and I would love if it just became the norm. Feature A, I think they're called memory shards. memory Here's the thing. If you've ever played a search action game before and you have, even though you've never heard it called that, uh as you're exploring you'll invariably get to the moment where, oh no, there's a jump that's too high, or there's a jump that's too far, or I don't have the right upgrade for this thing to progress. And then you'll try to make a mental note, or maybe if you're really careful, you'll like write it down somewhere and say, I need to go back here once I have the blah. In this game, you have memory shards that you can place anywhere, and effectively what they are is just screenshots that you're pinning to the map. So... If you're like, oh, I just got this upgrade. Can I access that moment that I saw previously? And all you have to do is just scrub on the map to that screenshot that you already took. And you'll be like, oh, right. I have an air dash now so I can cross that pit of spikes where I couldn't do that previously. That is so fucking smart. smart. And smooth and like totally integrates into the game. And I fucking love it. The, I think
2: it's kind of weird that it's a resource that you can, like, use and collect more of. That seems kind of
1: strange to me. But like, Yeah, I guess they didn't want people, like, drowning the map in them. But you can also, even um, if you're not, like, dropping the screenshot, you can still, like, drop custom markers. And you have, like, 100 of those. So you can really mm. kind of cover the map in stuff if you wanted to. You can also, Um, when you start the game, it lets you choose between
0: a sort of exploration mode where you have to use these tools a lot more. And then there is a guided mode where it will put like waypoints on the map for you for like quest objectives or checkpoints or, you know, whatever. It gives you a little bit more uh, guidance, which I am not ashamed to say that I turned on because I.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. And and you found it very smooth.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I found it. Uh, not. It doesn't give everything away. It doesn't show you where all the treasure it, is. It doesn't show you where all like the the secret stuff is. It really is just, as far as I can tell, just like quest quest
3: objectives. It, it's very gentle. Like at the at the beginning of the game, fresh. This is the lightest of possible spoilers. You have to go eastward, and. On the map, very far away, even though you have a fog of war and you can't see anything on the map, there's a marker. So I think I got that too.
1: Though I like when I was playing without the exploration mode, I think I still got markers, but they were very vague. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, I I think that's great. The other feature that I want to call out is when you get close to a save room, it there's like a uh, ethereal, like glowing wave of energy, whatever that kind of directs you to where it is, which is like an amazing feeling because previously you'd have that moment in a search action game where you're just playing around and you're like, oh no, I have one health and I'm like just like opening random doors hoping to God there's a save room here. Yeah, And this totally alleviates that and feels like really good when you finally get to the spot.
0: Yeah, there is also a badge system, which is, I I mean, it's basically Hollow Knight's badge system where you have like, Uh, a limit that you can expand by finding like certain upgrades and then you get all these little trinkets that you can equip which give you different sort of boosts whether it's like this one increases your attack damage in midair this one lets you recover health after a parry Uh, there's a parry system in the game too and it's great um and there's also one that gives you a little bird that flies around with you and then if you get close to something invisible the bird freaks out yeah uh which is which is also the bird seems
1: to freak out all the time well,
0: that's experience. because there's a lot of fucking treasure in this <laughs> yeah. game. Uh, I do I do appreciate
2: the um, bird. Yeah, and a lot of that treasure, I would say, is one man's trash and also my trash. There's yeah, a lot, they, like, a lot yeah. of... The perks are interesting. Perks, amulets, they call them, I think. Yeah. The amulets are kind of cool because at first I was frustrated because I was getting so many of them, and they're not, like... I, I tend to look for, in perks like these, I tend to look for, like, the most useful, accessible, like, makes your swords hit harder, right? Like, yeah. makes it so you have one shield... And these are all a lot more – most of these, at least, are a lot more specific. It's stuff like you can make a little uh, – well, I don't want to spoil that. I'm trying to think of a good example that's like uh, – oh, one's like you get a little bit of extra health when you save at a checkpoint. And it's like uh, – and
0: you But it's temporary, tar- and if you it's get hit, it doesn't come back.
2: And a lot check. of them are more targeted at abilities. Like I have – Griffin mentioned the parry, right? I have two amulets. One heals me when I'm parry, and one creates a time bubble – that slows down enemies when I parry, so like I I can build around like well just lure them mm. in for a parry, and then I've got a whole series
0: of things. So it really lets you customize to the way that you like playing. You also unlock more... the ability. You also unlock the ability to upgrade. Yeah, your amp. there's like a currency that you get for exploring and killing bad guys and all that jazz, and so it further lets you kind of like drill down into the the you know. The, the, the loadout that works for you, which I really like.
1: In terms of scale, I do not think any game apart from Hollow Knight comes close to the scale of this game for the search action genre. Maybe Symphony of the Night, maybe, but even that I think is not quite. I mean, this how, game far, is, how far?
0: How far? I have not gotten. gotten anybody finished it. far in the game? I haven't no. finished it.
1: I'm yeah. like twenty I don't know hours how to say into how far. it, and I when I scrub back through the map, I'm like astounded by a, how big the map is. And B the fact that I have quest markers that are like way outside of the map that I've revealed, Yeah, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I'm looking at my completion percentage, which I think right now is like 40%. Jeez. And I'm sure wow. some of that is collectibles granted, but like, there's a ton still left to go. And that is like pretty amazing to see a Metroidvania damn search action game. So big, uh, and 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 uh, really, really exciting. You keep saying
3: search action game. Do you mean Tansaku action game? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no.
3: Ah! Stop it.
2: So the uh, – <laughs> <laughs> uh, And all the environments, uh, I like that they look very different, but they're yeah. very clean and distinct. Like there's not a lot of effort to like making this a coherent – like world like you know what I mean? it's more about like the environments are coherent to themselves and when you go into it like the art design completely changes the enemies look different like it feels very uh distinct and all looks so good like it looks, it looks it's amazing. beautiful the great um, I, uh, the, all the powers look great like when you do all your different different eff- i should say like at least as far as i've discovered the classic mechanic of Prince of Persia, like the idea that you can run something and then run it back and d- rewind time, basically, I have not found that. Like that is not sort of the basis of this. It's more like uh, spins on that ability, like uh, uh, abilities that you get that let you like create a duplicate, for example, and use that to hit uh, uh, additional switches, things like that. Um, yeah, I've not found later like, to say, straight up time rewind.
1: I mean, the story narrative is like very time centric, right? Like, yes, you know there are events that you're trying to like reverse or whatever you're doing. I do, I do think later on, but it's not that idea even- of
2: like repeating platform segments because you didn't get them right. Like there's right. accountability in the in the actions.
0: One I, thing that doesn't work so well for me is that the game starts and introduces a dozen characters at the same time. Yeah, and it felt I felt hard to kind of get a foothold on like. What I was supposed to give a shit about? Narrative Um, is the big
2: failing for this. I don't care about any of these characters. I don't know why I should care about them. It really it gets into the story fast. I'll say, like, it gets into the the game part of the game, um, which I I thank you um but in, i in like an hour
1: have... too, two i get to, and and once you get past that it, there's very little narrative and right it doesn't it doesn't yeah. beat you
0: over the head with it i i will say as a counter to my own point that there is like the the area that you are exploring this world that you're exploring time is super fucked up and that is very interesting to me yeah. Yeah. like seeing all of the many ways that that kind of surfaces like that is the most interesting thing about the game to me not the I, I don't know. It always annoys me when games are like, "Here's a bunch of super fucking cool people, and we love them, and you might also, but we're not going to give you a ton, to g- not a lot of." Uh, it feels like, and I don't want to be rude, but it feels like a bunch of
2: like Overwatch character reveal trailers. You know, like <laughs> I, you know what I mean? It feels like sort people of, showing yeah. off their the the it, these are the these are the different, and you'll learn all about them. Like I
3: don't really want. I don't. I. I I do agree with Griffin that the side quest, especially help with the time stuff that he's mentioning. I mm-hmm. think having these little beats where you meet a character who has been trapped in the time ordeal without spoiling anything. Um, being able to understand what's going on within just one character rather than this giant sprawling quest. I found like very helpful because I agree. After the first hour, I was like, I don't really know what my incentive is here. Yeah. Um, but I, I felt much more motivated when I was just dealing with one small one-off thing.
1: My yeah. understanding on the narrative specifically is that they were trying to integrate a ton of like actual Persian myth and lore yes. into this, and that's where all the characters are being pulled from, which is like a cool idea because it's a very untapped material in in terms of video games. Uh, but yeah, no, I I, th- I think they were just like too much too soon. And uh, they could just went a little overboard. Yeah. Um, compared to contrast
0: it against like, uh, again, Hollow Knight is the gold standard. There are characters in Hollow Knight that like you don't meet until quite a ways in and then they'll just pop up from time to time. And it is always kind of like, oh, it's that oh, it's that guy. I love that guy. I love yeah. that little weird map making beetle boy uh i i have not really had that experience playing this game but much more
1: subtle there are a couple characters that are like that but but for the most part uh yeah it's kind of in your face um but
0: that really doesn't
1: that is a that is a minor qualm i think
0: compared to how i feel about this game which is that it is a a fun breath of fresh air that i i i cannot stop playing
1: i think i've said this before but you can kind of judge the creativity of a search action game by how late you get the double jump
0: Right, Mm. And this game
1: in particular holds the double jump back a really long time because they keep giving you really interesting powers. I mean, Justin mentioned the, like, make a duplicate one. That is, like, one of the more straightforward powers compared to some of the other shit you get in this game. And I was always really impressed that they, like, constantly were giving me new interesting stuff um, to explore the world with without just going, like, oh, you could just double jump. Uh, yeah, the, and the, the clone thing, that's not the
2: duplicate thing. Since we already talked about that, I guess we could use that as a good example. I, that's not something that I would like typically use in one of these games. Like I, it's just not usually my thing, but they map everything to like the, you're not going in and like swapping these powers out or whatever, like they map it on there. So it becomes a very, especially with as, as difficult as it is, it's a lot of fun to like leave a duplicate of yourself back in the corner. And then uh, you can go and fight enemies. And if you get in trouble, you can press that button at any time and it'll zip you back to that point you were at. So it lets you like get in, get a few hits, and you have like an automatic escape if things get too hairy.
1: There Um, are also boss fights that are like incredibly involved, like comparable to Metroid Dread if you played that. Um, And some of those boss attacks can only be dodged if you're using that uh, duplicate ability. So they fully integrate all that stuff into the combat as well, which is so smart. I am probably going to stop, because I really would love to play
0: this on Switch, I have realized. I've been playing it on PC, uh, and it works great, but it is uh, using Ubisoft's pc platform so i can't steam deck it uh maybe i can there might be you can
1: it's just a little hinky Yeah, Yeah.
0: that specifically from
2: what i've read is a is a is a finicky i didn't put the work into actually trying it because it seemed like enough people had a bad
0: result but as a as a a a handheld experience i think i'm going to this is going to be my whole shit for a while yeah i wish i was playing it on deck
1: i will say this though uh as much as i'm not a huge fan of ubisoft connect it does support cloud saves, so if you wanted to switch platforms, you can without restarting. It does oh, it in an really? interesting way. It, uh, it... You do it manually, so you can, like, choose
2: what save you want to put in the cloud. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then it's just, like, there, which is kind of annoying, but honestly, I've been burned enough by Steam autosave that, like, having the control of it is... I don't know. I it's it, I, I kind of like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm into it. Um... I don't know that... I really don't want to talk much more about it because I don't want to give away like a lot of the like cool stuff that sort of sets it apart. But I... I, I
1: would be shocked if this game doesn't repeatedly come back in our discussions over the course of the year for yeah. Game of the Year discussion. I know it's fucking January, so like, yeah, it's time. really early. But like, holy cow, this game definitely would have been in competition last year, had it come out last year. And um, I would love if more of these like out-of-nowhere games... Uh, keep pounding out this great time of really, year for really it
2: fun. too. There's like lots of space in the year, like there's lots of room for you know. It's not getting inundated by a lot of other things. I I kind of thought I had the in my head that this would be more of like a B game, you know, like more of like a uh uh B B size. But re- honestly, like playing it and the way it looks and sounds and feels, like nothing about it feels small except for the fact that it's in two dimensions. Like everything else feels very uh, AAA, very high gloss. Yeah. I, give, I guess I it's give.
1: priced at $50. So that's probably why people might think it's like not a full on thing, but it's a that's an interesting thing. price point for this. It's like a full on thing, but I don't know. It's
2: not a call of duty. So we're charging 50 bucks. I don't yeah. know. That's random.
0: Um, I give Ubisoft a hard time uh, because they make a bunch of games that aren't very good. But they have made also a lot of really <laughs> weird games that are very, very good. And I I, I I do enjoy that about Ubisoft, that sometimes they will throw uh, like a grow home at you or a <laughs> child of light or, a, you know, just some weird out of left field shit that you were not expecting. It, it, is, it is exciting to have sort of the zany uncle of the games sort of publishing world. Uh, what if Skull and
3: Bones source. is great? You know, well,
0: skull and bones might be fucking great. It could I be great. Had,
2: if you're looking at the resources it takes to make <laughs> a classic, the the time definitely
0: <laughs> like they've had the time. We'll find out soon, February 16th. I mean, I, I like
2: now way. That you know, way, I'd love to squeeze in one more delay if we could. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Just one more. We have plenty of time to delay it again before February. Uh, should we take a break and come back and talk m- about more great
1: stuff?
2: $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars, for like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash besties that's mintmobile.com slash besties cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties additional taxes fees and restrictions apply see mint mobile
3: for details Rocketmoney.com slash besties.
2: Well, Griffin quit the show. Griffin Griffin quit the show. So now he's out. Yeah. He's not on anymore. Good run. Good run. A lot of fun. New bestie next week. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> not the best. Ron's something. just waiting in the rings. He's this day has been coming for years. <laughs>
2: um, y'all, Prince of Persia, as we alluded to earlier, had a long storied history. Uh, And I am curious where you think that some of the high watermarks are, some of the low watermarks. Where are you at with Prince of Persia leading to this point?
1: Well, we could start with low watermarks. Apparently, there's a game called Prince of Persia Harem Adventures.
2: (laughs) Sorry, what?
1: Yeah, it's called Harem Adventures. It came out in 2002. No. It is a mobile game. Okay. And uh, yeah. (laughs) It's it's something else. Oh wow! The photos of it are the,
2: f- the full walkthrough on YouTube is twelve minutes long.
1: It's a Game Loft game. Uh, if that fills in any blanks, but um, they could have picked any subtitle, but they went with Harem Adventures. That is what, so wild. What's What's interesting about it is it looks kind of
3: like the classic. I mean, it doesn't look kind of like it looks. Almost identical to the classic Prince of Persia games, um, like very, very old school two D retro graphics. To the point, I kind of wonder if maybe it is the original game. Uh, except occasionally, they have uh, inserted just pixel art of of sexy ladies. Yes, um, those, are
2: the, those are the the titular member, the adventure, the members of the titular harem in which adventure is being had. <laughs>
3: Uh um, so, I, I, yeah, I not, doing a not scroll the of the of the twelve minutes and thirty-three seconds playthrough on YouTube, I can say that uh I think the Harem Adventures accounts for maybe five seconds of the game. <laughs> which yeah. uh feels like more maybe a marketing decision yeah. more than anything else. Now
1: yeah. I know we've been having fun here uh uh-huh. on the besties. We, we but IGN fun. gave this game 8.5. <laughs> wow. Okay.
2: They love the sexy ladies over at IGN. Imagine Gals
1: Network, this is what they call. <laughs> uh, you, uh, this is the verdict. This is a quote. <laughs> Excellent. Gameloft is quickly making a reputation for producing some of the finest cell phone games, and this port of Prince of Persia is Exhibit A. There you They're, go.
2: It's a port of Prince of Persia that they put sexy ladies into. Anyway, we got to move on from this. Okay. I loved I I had the like uh original Prince of Persia back when I was a, a, a youngster and the uh if if you can dig up like some of those original versions of Prince of Persia, the 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 animations really do feel uh uh still feel really great. Like they look great.
1: While I was doing research to uh, figure out all of the like the full list of Prince of Persia games. I was like going through Google and I typed in Prince of Persia and like accidentally the third link I clicked on and suddenly I was playing the original Prince of Persia. Wow, it took really? so little effort. Uh, I don't think it's like legit. I don't think Ubisoft approved of this use of the game, but if you just want to like play it for three seconds in a browser I guess Google is cool with that. Cause it is like one of the top three uh, things for Prince of Persia. It, it looks gorgeous. It really does hold up. Did you all get into these originally or did, was it not until I, the like later? I came to them later. I remember playing games like flashback first, which was like the next generation of these um, sort of side scrolling platforming games. And then came to it later. I think it's great. Like I think considering the time it came out, which is 1989, which is like, it's been quite a mm-hmm. while. Uh, it has like the atmosphere. it has like the vibe. um there's like some genuinely tensed like chase sequences and um, yeah, no, i I think they're I think it really holds up actually, apart from like the blonde guy in the white romper that yeah, not so much, but everything else I think is quite good. Yeah, I don't. I don't really enjoy um, the
3: original Prince of Persia games. I, I think that they're like the controls are too fussy now, and even then they felt that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get its historical importance, and I it is a game I enjoy like reading about more than I enjoy playing, and that's largely because the creator Jordan Mechner uh, kept a journal the entire time he was making the game. And you can buy that journal now. You, will, you can buy a copy of that journal. Uh, and it includes like lots of photos of what he was doing at the time and original art. And you can see him discovering what would be a very important game. And really just coming up with some like wildly ambitious ideas on his own. Um, yeah, it, it it is great. It's also just a beautiful book. I'll, I'll make sure to put it in besties.fan, but... Um, yeah it's later on in the series is, is kind of when i started to actually enjoy my time with it rather than just kind of engage with it intellectually
1: i was gonna say i think Sansa's time is when the game like clicked for most modern people that aren't uh, elders like us uh and and which makes total sense because it was a great third-person action game great platforming great puzzle mechanics like it really brought everything together and I guess they sort of milked it through uh, two more games. I don't think I played the sequels. Really? Um, yeah, but I really like Sands of Time. I was in. I'm trying
2: to figure out if I was in the industry uh, when when like where where I would have been working at the time. Like uh,
1: this is 2003 to 2005. Was basically yeah.
2: I was still like like doing freelance stuff at newspapers. Um, I think it wouldn't have been. Yeah, it wouldn't have been till. Prince of Persia, the remake came out that I was working and reviewing stuff. I have very little memory. Plant, you were saying you got into that 2008 version,
3: right? Yeah, the 2008 one I love. And that was partly because I had just gotten into doing this job. And I saw it at um, Tokyo Game Show in the summer of 2008. And that was just like a wild falling in love with video games m- moment. I mean, obviously, I already liked them. Um, but Weird I job saw not- that in- and. <laughs> What if <laughs> you had, been had...
2: TGS? And be like, now I get it. <laughs> okay, now there
3: it is. This is big. Um, but they, yeah, <laughs> Prince of Persia, the, this like wild reboot, um, uh, Far, Far Cry Two, um, Mirror's Edge, the original Dead Space. It was just like this, like oh, people are like taking risks. And the, this Prince of Persia reboot, there's a reason we didn't see more of it because it it was a risk. It is a, it's largely. Just navigation—it's it, getting around this absolutely huge, beautiful, beautiful world. um It's somewhat cel-shaded, though it looks more like kind of a like graphic novel than a children's. Yeah, Archie. I'm looking at
2: footage right now. This game's 15 years old, and it looks phenomenal. Yeah, like, yeah. It, the, if this was released animation today.
3: It would like no
2: one would bat an eye.
3: Yes, the the you have you have like an AI partner in this, and you can never die in the game. That's like one of the at the time that was oh, like right. Nice. I forgot about, about that. Yeah, and anytime you would be about to die, your partner would come in to, like, lend you a hand. And there's all sorts of animations like that where, like, you jump over a a canyon or jump over a hole, I don't know. And um, when you double jump, she, like, zips in and hurls you to the next spot. Or when you jump onto a cliffside, she then jumps after you and you, like... Sling her onto your back, and then she lowers down and then catches you. But it's not um, like so, escort mission-y. Uh,
2: I mean, I guess it's an escort mission where you're the one being escorted. Yeah, right. <laughs> but like, it's not. You're not. Yeah, you're, to keep you're not her having her a lot, to like lot.
3: worry about the right. AI character. They're they're truly there to help. And it, it's I, honestly, it feels almost more like playing two characters at the same time than it right. does like having to worry about someone. Um, and then the combat is, I believe, only one on one fights. I, I could be wrong there, but I'm pretty sure it, it's, um mostly limited to these kind of like big one-on-one showdowns. That's where like it probably doesn't hold up as well because I, I'm pretty sure it's like quick time event heavy. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a really beautiful and kind of special game. I remember at the time uh, a lot of reviews were like, wow, I'm never going to forget about this game. Um, And yet <laughs> I don't think anybody's talked about it kind of since it came out. Um, Yeah, but... Uh, and then after that, the series, well, I, there was the... The Forgotten Sands, but really the series kind of went dormant after that, um, which I think is partly because Assassin's Creed started as kind of a Prince of Persia sequel, I believe. I think that they were like toying with some ideas from Sands of Time, and they're like, hey, we should just make our own thing, and then that that kind of spun off, and right. clearly that became much more of a priority for Ubisoft.
1: Yeah, I could see them being concerned if they would like cannibalize each other, but... This seems like a pretty good way to differentiate them by making, like, the experience completely different from anything in Assassin's Creed. Yeah, and, and they didn't they have, like, some canceled Prince of Persia games? Well, they've been working on now? the Sands of Time remake forever, and it keeps getting bumped. Um, and Is
2: that still happening? I mean, as they they far as we know. They fully
1: rebooted it last
3: year and moved it to Montreal, so... It's a ways away again. Doesn't
2: it feel like a weird follow up to this? Like I feel like the react if the reaction to this is what I think it'll be like. I, I I think people are going to be wanting more of this version of of Prince of Persia, Yeah,
1: I just think they don't. I mean, it'd be great to see if this does really well. I don't think they look to this as being like a huge money maker necessarily. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Uh, as much as which I, would love. I mean, thank goodness, right? Because if they did it
2: might be a lot less pleasant to play.
1: That's probably true. They yeah, have, maybe they just like let the team do their own shit.
2: I mean more in like the microtransaction type, se- you know, m- more monetization within. Um.
1: Yeah, this might have the least amount of Ubisoft monetization game I've played in like 10 years. Yeah. There's like they're not constantly approaching you being like, "Hey, don't you wish your horse had glowing eyes? 15 bucks, please." So that's that's I, good. They're growing. Uh, I just
2: wanted to say one other thing about the the lost crown because it was just popping back into my head. It's also so fun to get around this world like when you're when you first start running and jumping through like the mobility, especially as you unlock more powers, like I didn't even mind the backtracking so much uh because just the 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 movement and the getting around felt felt so good,
1: yeah. they did a fantastic job. I'm like really blown away by it and. Yeah, I just hope more more studios look to this as an option for doing like a mid, mid-sized mid game. Yeah.
3: I, I will give one note for people who are not big Metroidvania fans before we kind of like begin the wrap-up process. This is a Metroidvania game. And I, if you've been listening <laughs> to the show for uh, a while, you know my journey of thinking I love this genre to realizing this genre is not for me. And I... I put probably about, like, two and a half, three hours into this game. So I'm not deep into it. But I don't really have a desire to play a whole lot more because Hmm. it's more – it's just – it's a really great Metroidvania game. And for whatever reason, the incentive structure built into these games just, like, does not click with me, which is a shame because as I'm playing it, I admire it. I just – I think that I could be playing something else. Um, again, that is you not You do need knock- to be
1: okay. I mean, we talked about the narrative earlier. You need to be okay with there being almost no narrative whatsoever. Like, it needs to be... It is, like, almost an entirely gameplay-driven experience, and you need to be cool with that. And, yeah, I, yeah, I think... Yeah, narrative isn't, like, the that.
3: only thing that I want from games by any means. Um, it's what I want from, like, specific ones. I think it's more just... I don't know. I think every type of genre of game is kind of like um i don't know it's giving you those dopamine hits in different ways and yeah. the way that these games do that just for whatever reason it i, I never i never like in the session thinking like i can't wait to come back and, and play this um which i i wonder if it's also because i'm just not much of a completionist and mm. fresh i know it, like especially for you in the past like you would love like you know completing all the achievements and everything and metroidvanias as a genre feels like built for completionists
1: it's not even a a finding everything for me as much as it is the like feeling of seeing something you can't reach going out getting a power and then being able to finally reach that thing feels great to me and that you eventually have that moment where you have all the upgrades and you're going around like Filling, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, filling out every little part of the map and getting everything like that feels great to me. So it's not so much the trophy as it is the like the power fantasy. Finally, like having that like moment where everything clicks.
2: I I tell you what kind of I I sometimes am in the same position as you plan. These are very hit or miss for me. I think what clicked for me about this one is the individual things that I was finding as I explored the world like the individual beats, the fights, the you know, platforming sequences, I found so just like enjoyable that I didn't feel a lot of the, a lot of these games, you you feel like you're spending all your time running to the end of a hallway and then realizing you don't have the red key and it's like, well, fuck, this was a big waste of time. I feel like it's really good about not doing that to you so much. Like there's usually a uh, a treasure, a reward, something fun, like a a fun fight or whatever. Uh, that didn't make exploring feel as like as much drudgery just because I usually like enjoyed so much, the things I was doing.
1: Uh, and I that would also help too. I would, I would add to that point. Even if you do get to a dead end at some point when you're exploring, because you can make a memory shard screenshot thing, you feel like, Oh, I, at least I accomplished this. Cause I know this thing is here and I can come back. Yeah. Mm. Great point.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Dope game. Loved it's it. It's So good. It's really good. <laughs> um, Chris Pine, do you have any reader mail? Uh, I do. One second. Let
3: me open the bag. Just okay, here we go. Um, uh, first up, uh, from Tiller. Hi, have you all heard of the game Cobalt Core? I know you've mentioned Slay the Spire a few times, and this functions very similarly in that it's a deck-building roguelike, but I think the changes they made make things interesting and add on some new challenges and allow for a wider variety of strategies and approaches. Also has a great sense of humor, and it's got animals in space. I'd be curious to see how y'all like it.
1: Okay, here's the deal. Yes, I've heard of it. Yes, I've played it. And we're going to talk about it extensively on Resties this coming Tuesday. So I'm extremely excited to talk about it. I, Justin, can attest, I actually recommended it to him because I knew it was totally his kind of jam. But I have a lot to say about it. It's so so rude. It's so rude
2: that you'd get me into a game and be like, it's you can talk about me. it next week. It's Just all wait, for next, me. It's on my week. show that Justin's not on.
1: <laughs> it's very next mean. week. You could talk about it. <laughs>
2: it's very I rude. talked
1: about it and had to Talk about it right now if I felt like it. Stinker. That's true. There's nothing I could do to stop you.
3: <laughs> Stinker. I've got another one here uh, from Qualt. Uh, have you all tried playing God of War Valhalla yet? I loved Ragnarok, though I agree with your points about the pacing. Valhalla felt like it took all the best parts of God of War and put it in a free, bite-sized package.
2: Wow, one of us probably should. I was not I don't know. I love both of those games. I did I did not I don't know voluntary.
1: I actually haven't played it yet. I keep meaning really? to, but I haven't had time. Uh Valhalla, for those that don't recall, is the free update that was added to God of War Ragnarok that basically added like a roguelike mode. And given the fact that I love the combat in um Ragnarok, but didn't necessarily care for the like kind of heavy-handed narrative bits. This seems very much my kind of jam. I just haven't had the time, so it is on my list. I will play it, but I have not done it yet
3: i'm I'm in the same boat i I definitely want to check this out. um it looks great. Everybody I know who plays it loves it. I'm also curious about the um the last of us roguelike mode, but you have to pay for that one, I believe. I think that's so like you have to only uh, if you you, so if upgrade. you already
1: own so the last of us two is getting remade for playstation 5 natively if you already own it on ps4 you have to i think pay ten dollars to like upgrade the version to the ps5 version or you need to buy it i guess exclusively for ps5 to play that mode so it is not a free update i think their argument is that it adds a bunch of other stuff to the main uh thing ten dollars doesn't seem too too high a cost but yeah it's not free
3: yeah i am not a big fan of Last of us 2 especially its story but um like game that's just all of the action that sounds pretty good yeah i could potentially get into that i didn't think Um, i
2: I didn't know if i would want to go back through like learning all the mechanics uh forgot because there's so many different things to keep track of i feel like i it's so
1: out of my head i don't know how how much i want to like try to relearn all that I think the big question is, do you start... maybe teach you. Yeah, is there, like, a ramp-up process where they, like, give you, like, you only have one or two weapons, and then as you play with a roguelike, you're, you know, often unlocking more stuff, so maybe that's how it works. Yeah. You could also, you know, thanks to the accessibility features of uh, these games, like, make things a lot easier for yourself and probably see much more of it more quickly, which I have certainly done in the past
3: got one last question, and this one is from Daniel, and it is uh, a question for you guys. What is it about games like Lethal Company and Among Us that lend them to having these meteoric rises in popularity and make them so prolific amongst YouTubers and streamers?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. It's funny the way that was phrased because of the order in which that was phrased, Mm -hmm. because I think it's the YouTube streamers that come first, and then they have the meteoric rise. Because these games oh. demonstrate so well that if one person with a decent-sized following starts streaming it and they have, like, an amazing time, which in both of those games, like, frequently, people have amazing multiplayer experiences, then those games just, like, go everywhere because everyone wants to have that same experience.
3: I, I hear you, Fresh. I, I I mean, I think it's a chicken or the egg in terms of the order there, but I, I think the reason these specific types of games click with streamers versus even something like Fortnite is that they leave room for performance in mm, video yeah. games. Mm-hmm. And I think performance is like the great differentiator in the quality of a streamer. And by performance, I mean when you watch uh, a streamer who's really great do Lethal Company, it feels almost like watching like a TV episode. There's like tension to it and are they going to make it? And then they kind of like heighten uh, <laughs> their their character, if you will. And they make choices that are interesting to be seen on stream. And the game allows for all that. It allows for a ton of creativity and kind of, like, bring your own storytelling to the game. And that that type of game, I just think, is going to get more and more popular um, you're, as, you're also as streaming with, becomes more dominant. You're also
2: with those games, um, especially where there's a, any element of, like, duplicity or anything like mm. that, you're creating a third role in the game, right? Like – if you think about uh, uh, Among Us, no one except the person watching the stream is going to have the experience of knowing who all the people are and like enjoying that uh, that that sense of, of knowledge and discovery and, and seeing the other players discover it. Like that's a new role that doesn't exist in the game. And I think that like th- th- those games that have that duplicity or have – the the that sort of like drama on the and the metal layer is, is are, are always going to be more fun to watch because you are the only person having that experience where like a lot of these single player games you they look great but the first time you watch someone stream the opening cinematic of resident evil 4 right you don't want to go back and see
3: that happen again that doesn't it doesn't do anything for you i think that's it for the mailbag i think we did it do you want to y'all want to talk about some honorable mentions
2: I wish I could, but I'm not allowed to talk about Cobalt Core.
1: So uh, <laughs> I'll mention
2: I that. just want to know if you
1: liked it, Justin. Did you oh, like you it? Oh, you'll never know. Okay. How about that? Uh,
2: <laughs> I have uh, some frigging hot takes, by the way, and you are going to be denied all of them. Oh, no. What I will say instead is that Traders is back for season two, one of the wilder reality type uh games out there it's almost defined by the fact that there is not much of a game there it's just a bunch of people being angry at each other and uh alan coming looking fabulous the other thing i'll mention that i watched this week that I really dug romey and michelle's high school reunion oh never mm. saw it before but they're talking about it Sid's talking about it with their siblings on still buffering this week and i had never seen it before it is so much fun i really mm-hmm. enjoyed it it's it's surprisingly kind of, like, dark and really funny and, like, really well-observed, uh, and I really enjoyed it. I'd never seen it before. It's, like, I don't know. If you haven't seen Romeo and High <laughs> School Reunion, there you go. It holds up really well. It holds up really well. It reminds me of – it makes me think of this, like, subgenre that I was talking with Sydney about, this subgenre of, like, women-fronted comedies – that maybe didn't get the respect or commercial success they deserved or uh, like fell to an audience that wasn't ready for them yet that I think that are that are playing to a different sense of humor than a lot of movies at the time but like on when you revisit them uh, you know you you see how well made and well constructed and still like super relevant they are choosing the pussycats being the other one I guess Alan Cumming has to be in the movie for it to for it to count but uh I really really dug it
1: uh fresh Um, how about you I watched Fleischman is in Trouble, which is, a I think it was originally on FX. It's It streams on Hulu. It's like an eight-episode miniseries based on a book that came out in 2019, I believe. Um, yeah, so far, I'm in. I'm sorry?
2: <laughs> so far, I'm in.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how to pitch this show in a way that would make someone want to watch it, although I do think the pilot is quite good. Um, it just, like, is about uh a 40 year old jewish guy in new york city so i had some analog to that although most of his problems are not problems that i am personally dealing with but i was engaged with it and i I thought it uh had some pretty amazing performances production wise i thought was very good uh still kind of digesting how i feel about how it wrapped up but yeah if you're interested in uh any of what i just talked about fleischman is in trouble is on hulu
3: um on the flight to New York for a work trip last week uh, i was just looking for something you know to kind of pass the time and criterion has a um uh, apocalypse movie collection right now there's a movie called Threads on it which justin have you ever heard of threads feels like something you would know yeah sounds familiar for sure it, it's a bbc um 1984 apocalyptic drama. Uh, And I was like, great, TV, uh, 1984, this seems like it couldn't be all that bad. I can watch it here. No, it's the darkest thing imaginable. Um, It is shot like documentary um, uh, and very committed to the bit. It does not have really much story whatsoever. And it's just about the days leading up to a nuclear bomb being dropped on Sheffield. And um and then the kind of like days months years after that and unlike it what I'd say is it makes things like The Last of Us seem exceptionally optimistic um <laughs> in a way I didn't know you could um it Last of Us you know the 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 kind of beating heart of all popular uh post apocalypse right now is that despite how bad things get we will always have family and community and love. And that is not the case in Threads. Um, does that sound like an endorsement? Uh, if it does, you should go check it out. And if it doesn't, you should probably not watch on an airplane with the person next to you um, eyeballing you the whole time wondering what the hell is wrong with you.
2: Why do you do this to yourself, Plant? That sounds exceptionally unpleasant.
0: Did did, you, well, have I, you
2: watched, like, old school, you know? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> have you wa- Have you watched, like... Um, Santa Claus, like the Santa. Have you watched like Get Smart, the movie? Okay, like, so like have you I, watched the, that the, like the
3: trailer looked the trailer for this like series of post-apocalypse movies looked fun. And what I realized was all the other movies are like 1998, the comet has hit earth and we are going to rock. And I was like that sounds great. I'm ready to rock. Let's rock on the free world. Let's rock <laughs> okay. on the plane. And then I hit play on this one and I didn't realize I was picking the one that <laughs> is not about partying in the free world. It is it's about like you know, harvesting <laughs> grain in the post-apocalypse and then eating, you know, like toxic grain.
2: Now listen, okay, now play it. I now fully remember this film because I definitely have read the description of this before thinking maybe I'd enjoy this. And the description, if I remember it verbatim is like, y'all, I don't know about this one, dog. This one goes pretty raw. If I remember, <laughs> that, is <the> full, <laughs> that is the full text of the description of this film.
1: <laughs> that is all that's provided the viewer. Vulture Hound called it the most terrifying film of all time. Yeah. Unsettingly powerful, says great. the New York Times. Um, A great plane watch! And the trailer noted the trailer that we're Chris talking plant. about. The trailer is all just sad British people in like like walking around in mud carrying puppies.
2: Hey, I heard this this movie won eight planties.
3: (laughs) 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 British people walking around in
2: mud? You just got an honorary planty.
3: (laughs) Uh, It was between this and bringing a three and a half hour French movie, and I thought this would be nice.
2: (laughs) What about Bring It On? Like, have you seen Bring It
1: On? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I wanted to thank the following people for writing reviews to the besties on Apple Podcasts. We have Bessas Fafoon, NZ, and Lunar Backbone. Thank you for writing reviews for the Besties on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to everyone else for sharing the show, talking about the show, keeping the show going and alive. We love doing it. Um, We love it for you guys as well. We have a big week next week. We have a game coming at you. What game is it, Chris Plant? Uh, next week, it's
3: here, y'all. We're talking about Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth. We are playing it. I know that some people are worried. They're like, you're not going to play enough to be able to talk about this game. These games are huge. you got to play all the side stuff. I don't want to hear a word about that. i maybe, maybe I have. I don't know if I can legally say if I have. But let's just say, by the time that episode comes out, I will have played... An awful lot of this game and we will be ready to talk about it
1: exciting uh that is fresh I, cannot
3: I, wait fresh is can't ecstatic. wait so excited static he has so been excited. he has been texting me every day saying when do i get to play more like a
1: dragon? Wh- when do i get Amazing. to submit a sick day request so i can <laughs> <laughs> just play like a dragon? i haven't so started i might like it. Of... i like the last one uh <laughs> um, okay i just didn't necessarily get super into it um yeah we'll see uh, We'll see. That'll be uh, next week. Be sure to join us again next week for the besties.
2: Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games?